0: welcome to
1: the building science podcast welcome to this uh, okay oh uh, welcome, welcome to the building p- science to the building science podcast. Podcast. podcast welcome to the building science podcast bringing the human factor to architecture and design. Brought to you by Positive Energy in Austin, Texas. Okay, hello, and welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to the Building Science Podcast. This is Christoph Irwin here once again with my trusted sidekick, Miguel. Hello, everyone. And I am so thrilled, y'all, to introduce you. Catch that Texan there, y'all. To introduce you to Professor Adrian Bajan from Duke University. I was introduced to him by Dr. Kiel Mo after an interview uh, we did earlier And since that time, I've had the great pleasure of of talking with Adrian and reading his books, and I have not stopped seeing the truth of his very powerful ideas everywhere, in nature, in the duct designs, in heat exchanger, the flow of ideas, my busy schedule. Um, So just before I bring you on, uh, Adrian, I would like to tell you that I'm a little starstruck because I feel like I'm uh, talking to Isaac Newton or uh, James Maxwell before they got famous, or maybe even will... William Thompson, Lord Kelvin. Your research is pretty amazing, and I hope we can do it justice with this short interview today. So, without further ado, uh, please give us, uh, say hello, and tell us where you're working and what's your role.
0: Well, hello, and I'm a professor at uh, Duke University, very f- fortunate to be here. Uh, I work on um, thermodynamics, which is the, uh, the physics of power, and what to do with the power. And um, I'm um, uh, housed in the Department of Mechanical Engineering. In fact, uh, my degrees from MIT are in mechanical engineering, but early on I took an interest, I developed a passion for um, thermodynamics, for this uh, idea of uh, power from fire. Uh, No fuel, no 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 power, no yeah. power, no power, no movement. Uh, no movement, no life. It's a very simple um, a string of uh, let's say uh, connections, one a big deal following from the, from the previous big deal. And that's why I find my own work quite um, uh, fulfilling. Of course very interesting, but um, I find it purposeful, you see.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it really is. And just expanding on the theme of fire there, uh, we might we might feel like, oh, we have the modern culture, we've evolved past fire, but that wouldn't be true. I mean, there's fire in all of our internal combustion engines. There's fire in our power plants. And is there something like a fire inside our, our living bodies?
0: Of course. Uh, the metabolism is uh, essentially a low-temperature version of that. It's about uh, uh, fire is really converting... Um, one uh, form of energy into the useful form, which I call uh, movement. Um, So it's all the same thing. Before there was uh, uh, power from uh, fuels, uh, meaning the harnessing of fire itself, and then later all the stuff about power generation. Before that there was food, food in the bellies of all these uh, organisms. Fortunately, uh, (laughs) Fortunately, both uh, uh, food and uh, fuel are uh, F-words, uh, four-letter words, you see. <laughs> and, yes, that's right. So uh, I am uh, one professor who is not, not, not afraid to, uh, to speak uh, the, uh, the F-word. The F-bomb, right. There you go. <laughs> that's right.
1: That's funny. Um, so let's dig into this. So you developed what's called constructal law. And it's a core idea of, of both living systems and non living systems. And it's, it's one of these things that for me, it took a while to really learn how to approach it and see it. But once I did, I, I see it everywhere. Could, I would like to ask you to do something that I think is easier said than done. Could you characterize, construct the law? I mean, maybe define it, and then give us some examples?
0: Well, before I, um, I state this uh, law, which may strike your audience as a slogan, <laughs> uh, it, is not, it is not a slogan. It is a concise statement of uh, the obvious. The, uh, but before I do that, I, I, should, uh, I should define um, the terms, uh, some of the words that you spoke uh, just now. Um, okay. The word system. Everybody uses this word. But in our conversation right now, system means what you, the speaker, uh, select uh, as an entity, as a subject or object of uh, discussion. And uh, so if, uh, if you're talking about a the cat, then uh, you're in fact suggesting to the listener that um, the cat is a drawing with a uh, boundary that uh, separates this system of yours from the rest of the world. The rest of the world is the environment. Uh, Meaning that the world is actually very simple. The the world consists of only two systems. The one that you chose and the rest of it, which you uh, call uh, the environment or Mm -hmm. the surrounding. Okay. So that's system. Now. In uh, science, uh, again called thermodynamics, you mentioned Maxwell. In fact, uh, I'm going to quote him. Uh, 150 years ago, the, uh, the concept of dead state was introduced uh, without any controversy. A system, it could be a certain amount of uh, water in, uh, in, a, in a beaker, a system is in the dead state, meaning it is dead when nothing moves. There are no currents inside of it. The beaker is not expanding or contracting. Uh, Nothing moves. Mm
1: -hmm. It's an equilibrium.
0: uh, Correct. The other word is equilibrium of uh, between, equilibrium means equal weight, uh, between that system and uh, its immediate environment. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because of that uh, uniformity, that uh, there are no currents uh, flowing um, inside the, the uh, system that you chose, so that's <laughs> that is the physics, which means universal definition of death. Right, equilibrium. If, if there aren't people are wondering what death is, you should just uh, quote Maxwell because he was so smart and so famous that he could not have been wrong you see <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: awesome so this is uh, the ontological yeah. definition of
0: uh, yeah life. he is he, beyond questioning okay uh, out of reach he's achieved so equilibrium. That's, <laughs> that's the definition of uh, death well uh, I came up with the idea of uh, of defining the antonym, which is life. So a system is in the live state when it is uh, when, it or when it is filled with currents, meaning things that flow, mm-hmm. and also with the freedom to morph and. Um, Well, I'll give you an example. Uh, uh, The uh, amount of uh, hot gas in a uh, cylinder and piston apparatus inside the engine is uh, a live flow system because it's uh, drawing is morphing. The piston is going out, in other words, expanding inside that chamber. There are all sorts of currents flowing, uh, currents of heat that you do not see, and currents of fluid that uh, some people would call turbulence um, or explosion or you name it. The point is that uh, the uh, second example of system, the one with the um, uh, cylinder and piston, is quite different than the uh, completely dead um, uh, amount of something in equilibrium with its environment. So that's the definition of life in physics, and now what uh, you put in this uh, drawing of a uh, system that's in a life state is, in fact, uh, the anything and the everything that uh, that the human mind is uh, accustomed to observing. Mm-hmm. It could be, it could be the cat that I mentioned, but it could also be a um, um, the cat being uh, animate in the the language of uh, biologists, or it could be an entire river basin that uh, you, uh, you 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 think about, or you observe uh, from an airplane uh, flying over, say, a particular plane, um, Or it could be a snowflake that's uh, uh, in front of somebody's uh, movie camera as the snowflake is being born. Uh, These things, these systems that I began to enumerate are live, and they are uh, live, that means of the same kind, even though some of them are animate, Mm -hmm. and and others are inanimate. And now you see the power of the concept of uh, life as physics, life as physics. Uh, knows uh, no boundaries between the so-called animate and the inanimate now this is a very important uh, aha because the, the the separation between the inanimate and animate is in fact uh, inherited from um, the times when when luckily uh, university uh, uh, science and research and education uh, were uh, very uh, successfully sponsored and supported by the church right and uh, and the word uh, animate means uh, having soul anima anima in latin means soul uh, meaning uh, the, uh, the other thing without soul is uh, is the uh, whatever the water in the uh, in the dinner. right well, okay, so uh, this sort of distinction, which in fact uh, is uh, perpetuated today by the uh, different names of uh, departments on campus, the Department of Biology versus the uh, some department that belongs to geophysics, um, well, these things uh, speak of the history of, um, of uh, science. But um, in physics, all these things are one thing. And that one thing is the live flow system. Which is the antonym of the dead
1: system? Right, it's so powerful, and I'll bring you back to the definition. But just to summarizing what I just heard, so you're saying things that we know to be alive, like uh, like our bodies, like the blood flow system of you know arteries and veins in our body, the pulmonary system of branches in our lungs that those actually connect with river basins and lightning bolts and snowflakes and information flow on the internet and the flow of culture generally. And that's pretty amazing. That's pretty.
0: Yeah, but you see see the connection more clearly if you uh, uh, complete the first part of your um, uh, analogy, which is that, okay, you got the blood flow and the pulmonary air flow and these other things in your body, but why do you have them? You have them so that you, the body, are, are moving your uh, your uh, mass on Earth more and more easily, more effectively, more efficiently, um, uh, more effortlessly for longer in time, meaning more with greater persistence. Mm-hmm.
1: Less fuel. And who
0: are you? In, and who are you, this uh, thing moving on the landscape? You are a. Water truck. <laughs> you are actually, actually mostly water. And you have you, the motor, you're the truck. You have a motor, which is, of course, your muscular system, driven by an engine, which I mentioned previously, the metabolism and all that. And you even have, a, you even move on a wheel. You're like a, on a monocycle, uh, not a bicycle, monocycle. Your wheel has only two spokes, which are your two legs. Yeah. You see, you got the you are you are using the lightest uh, wheel uh, ever invented. Mm-hmm. Uh, the wheel with only two spokes. Yeah, I the love that in the, the book. The rest, the rest of the spokes are uh, are performed by uh, the two by by the only two, which is the minimum number ne- necessary. So when you hear uh, biologists and others. Uh, uh, proclaimed or exclaimed that uh, nature did not invent the wheel. Uh, it's not true. Yeah. Nature didn't invent the wheel, and it's the wheel is uh, everywhere and uh, much, much, much older than uh, what um, uh, the Homo sapiens came up with. Uh, we don't know when. Uh, somewhere, uh, you know, after the Egyptians. I don't know when. Um, well, these things Including the Egyptians and everything they've done, mm-hmm. <laughs> are nature, their physics. And they, it, it, they all represent the fact that life means um, movement, movement with the freedom to morph, and with a certain uh, finiteness to it, because the thing that drives the movement is finite, either a bowl of beans in the belly <laughs> or. Uh, or yes or a sh- you know shovel full of coal thrown into the uh, the fire of the locomotive but it's, so that's the finiteness of life from that there is a finite lifetime and um, finite life travel in the life of anything from uh, well from the dung beetle to uh, to the uh, to to the human body
1: I can see how a listener can understand that uh, like a river basin would evolve to move the the rain falling on the earth and that it would uh, evolve over time to adapt itself to flow that water out of a given region. Um, But one of the things I really just lit my brain up like a Christmas tree was when you referred to design as a noun, not as a process, but... Um, so you could imagine there's no one designing a river basin, but it it does it is a design, right? Can you
0: elaborate on that?
1: The concept yeah. of design.
0: Well, the, uh, your Christmas lights uh, <laughs> is in fact, uh, the result of the fact that um, because uh, I assume you grew up in English, I did. Uh, you grew up uh, with a uh, an incomplete uh, uh, understanding of what the word means. Yeah. In uh, those of us who come from uh, uh, other languages, in my case, from uh, Latin, uh, because my uh, uh, maternal language is Romanian, mm-hmm. very close to Latin, design doesn't mean what it means in English. Uh, design means a drawing, a drawing, a drawing. Think about that. A drawing is something that, uh, yeah, now- that has, a message, has a message uh because the drawing, the word itself, uh, disegno, during the Renaissance in Italian, uh, comes from signum, sign, sign, a sign on the road, a sign uh, from one person to another, a person who raises his hand, a sign has a, is a message. Therefore, uh, the drawing, of course, is a message because the draftsman or the artist is not uh, wasting uh, time. Um, mm-hmm. There's purpose. There's purpose in art, and we can get into that if you'd like. <laughs> but uh, so design is a thing, a uh, an image, if you want, uh, that uh, conveys a message. So uh, when I look at the, um, so I come from this, and when I when I see a river basin or a snowflake, or somebody's. Uh, you know veins protruding uh, uh, through his uh, skin i uh, i see a drawing that um, is similar to other drawings and uh, these drawings are in fact giving me the message that they've occurred uh, in all these places in order to create uh, easy access for what, to what to what flows why do i how do i know this i know this because i grew up with my eyes open <laughs> i grew up uh, in in the Danube Delta, I know that when the floods are arriving, they're in fact uh, creating channels in order for the water to get from uh, the Danube to the Black Sea the the easiest. And these channels are constantly morphing. They're morphing, they're morphing not only to find the easier or, okay, more intelligent path, but uh, to get rid of the silt that they, they bring silt that in fact tries to block yeah. uh, the, the flow. Um, there are trees falling across. The trees are removed. They're always removed. The water doesn't, <laughs> doesn't put trees in its path. The water flow always removes these things. And uh, that's uh, the beginning. There is another image from the past. It is uh, that of uh, observing um, under a uh, inside a light box uh, the growth of the uh, chicken embryo on the inside of the uh, uh, egg shell. That growth, that growth of a, uh, of a uh, in fact, uh, uh, river basin of uh, blood flow is the same as the growth of anything that flows when you pour water on, uh, on a surface, such as uh, uh, what you see under the urinating horse. It's it's the (laughs) same drawing, yes, and it's a drawing. It's not some something amorphous, a drawing because it carries a message, and the message is: Look, I am uh, configuring uh, myself. If the flower were to speak uh, to you, configuring myself to get out of here the fastest. (laughs) I am I am into uh, uh, creating access for myself and using it. Uh, I want to be free. This is what the drawing is telling you. Look at me. I want to be free, okay? I want to get out of here. I I want to get to the other side, uh, no matter Mm how. I love it. So the
1: Danube is a river flowing, and you mentioned in your books the Internet is also sort of a, a big digital river. Um, could you discuss that a little bit? And I'm actually very interested to understand what silt would be in the context of the internet.
0: Well, uh, sure. I think. Well, look, um, analogy uh, is both helpful, but sometimes um, if you um, uh, jump too fast or too too far, uh, it could be confusing. Right. Uh, this uh, thing about the internet is uh, is the uh, uh, latest. Uh, a manifestation of uh, something that's happened to the Homo sapiens uh, many times in the okay, past. Please
1: take it step by step. Uh, yes, I like that.
0: Yeah, I ma- uh, yeah. I mentioned the I mentioned the Egyptians. Well, they're also kind of uh, an image from uh, from uh, there recently, if not yesterday. Uh, the uh, the biggest um, uh, jolt in uh, in empowering the uh, the uh, the human. Uh, uh animal with uh, with movement and access and freedom was the uh, uh, harnessing and the uh, taming of fire uh, there's absolutely uh, 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 no way to imagine how how difficult life was before yeah. fire uh, became uh, a feature of uh, human life with fire there was uh, more food better food longer lasting food Um a cave that was uh, dry and warm. Um, fire would uh, deter animals from uh, attacking. Fire would also deter enemies from uh, succeeding against you. Uh, with fire, there was communication from hilltop to hilltop, um, meaning warning uh, warning the, uh, the family that danger uh, was approaching. Wow. Look, absolutely no difference. I mean, no comparison between um, what was before and what was... Uh, Suddenly, the present. And then, uh, <clears throat> if you want to fast forward, uh, big time uh, boating. Boating was another such a step of uh, allowing uh, uh, people to uh, to to move on the surface of the earth much faster and farther, and to distances that were previously um, uh, out of reach. Boating. Uh, this is how the Homo sapiens uh, migrated out of Africa, and uh, and then uh, the rest is history. I can uh, mention one uh, big thing uh, uh, before the Egyptians was 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 the um, was the discovery of uh, what became agriculture. Agriculture is uh, what put uh, food in the uh, in the bellies, and uh, and so now you have. Uh, you have correct uh, and you have more movement you have uh, of course uh, a better and longer life you have things uh, that go beyond uh, meaning food go beyond what um, one person could consume in one day so therefore you have trade trade uh, you have that means connections between um, huts and the living groups. Uh, of course, money is invented. Money is uh, similar to the internet today. It was a, uh, a technique of, uh, of simplifying the movement of um, of uh, things between uh, groups. Obviously, always from high to low, meaning uh, the one who had more uh, uh, was the giver. The one who had less uh, of something was the receiver. Uh, meaning counter flows. Uh, this is what the trade represents. And um, and then uh, so it's been one uh, big aha uh, uh-huh after another, and then recently is just to go to uh, who we are today, uh, the beneficiaries of uh, modern living. There was uh, the huge discovery of uh, power, power from fire, in addition to power from um, from um, uh, work animals. And power from uh, water wheels uh, somewhere on some uh, canals in uh, in uh, Europe. Um, you see the um, the uh, the evolution of uh, this uh, water truck that uh, is the human body has been, uh, of course, uh, toward uh, uh, easier flow, greater access, and uh, it's been stepwise, stepwise through through uh, inventions or events that uh, that provided uh, greater movement but also uh, greater freedom. And uh, that's how the world became inhabited by the Homo sapiens just to make a, uh, a very yeah. long story short. Now, the Internet, the internet is the latest uh, addition to meaning the last, latest layer to this uh, of uh, layers of each uh, adding uh, greater ease of movement um, the internet allows uh, uh, everybody and everything to uh, to to flow more easily and to uh, live more safely and uh, more uh, cheaply uh, the internet uh, also facilitates the uh, the movement, the palpable one, you can, can take photographs of it of uh, of airplanes and of yeah. uh, trucks, and commerce of, uh, generally, yeah. of uh, and container ships. Um, not long ago, this is before uh, before uh, the uh, the two world wars, there were these movements, including uh, very very crummy um, uh, rudimentary airplanes, but they were uh, not to be compared with uh, with uh, what they are today and what they are providing uh, humanity with today. Uh, And you see, so uh, the uh, uh, Internet, or 56 years ago radar, and even earlier um, television, and even earlier uh, telephone, and even earlier uh, telegraph these things liberated the uh, the human movement through what we now call uh, improvements in the communication. So um, again, it's a big idea. Yeah. What well, I just uh, uh, recounted, because there are many people who refer to uh, communication as being immaterial, i.e., something that takes uh, no power to perform. Well, it takes some power because you need the electricity to. Uh, to uh, propel the, what electrons, but uh, but that's actually not true. The, uh, com- the improved communication uh, liberates the flow. It's like opening the valves that otherwise uh, tend to impede the uh, uh, my flow, your flow, uh, and thwart uh, my uh, my wishes and my dreams. You see,
1: I love it. I'm going to interject something here and and then try to get us. Into architecture because I think those listening would probably want to talk about buildings. But just you're talking about communication, in, and I know you love thermodynamics. I read a book by P.W. Atkins, I think he's at Oxford, and I know he's a thermodynamics professor. He talked about the uh, steam engine, you know, as this exemplar of the laws of thermodynamics, but then he said that. What people didn't appreciate was that there's communication in the steam engine. There's information flow from the fuel source to the boiler that needed to be added to prevent like runaway reactions, you know, too much fuel. Um, Have you ever heard of that idea? no I haven't yeah it, it lines up with what you just said in the sense that communication is not immaterial information is is a material
0: flow well uh, uh, did you say commun- did he say communication or information he said
1: information
0: yeah which is uh, yeah which is a uh, in my opinion a very very confusing uh, word <laughs> uh,
1: I'd like to just dig right into the built environment, right? So we've, we've talked a little about what constructal law is and it applies to flow systems. You know, it just occurs to me, Adrian, we haven't defined constructal law. Would you go ahead and just roll that? Oh, up? yeah.
0: So uh, the constructal law is um, the brief statement that summarizes all these uh, images that I've been painting for you. Um, it goes as follows. For a flow, for a finite size flow system to persist in time, and that means to live, Mm -hmm. it must uh, evolve freely such that it provides easier access to its currents. Yeah, that's That's what it is. Uh, Now, In this very uh, short statement, there are some key words. Um, These days, looking back, I recognize three words that are uh, very important. One is uh, uh, to evolve, uh, the other one freely or with freedom, and then uh, for access. And and I'm uh, very curious about these words because uh, many of my readers and listeners have asked me what these words mean. And now I can say that all these three words, uh, evolve, uh, freedom, and access, uh, mean uh, one and the same thing. Hmm. And if you, you, the listener, do not know what that thing is, uh, imagine yourself uh, living without it. Um, If you do not have freedom, you do not have access to anything. Yeah. And therefore, you are not evolving, you are not changing. You remain where you are, obviously, um, uh, stuck. were buried in uh, poverty and yeah, then, of course, unfree. a grave. A grave. Uh, so, you see, if you question the meaning of the words, if you really do, you begin to be uh, pretty good at understanding where humanity comes from, where civilization comes from and uh, since you now know those answers you get to be pretty good at predicting the future
1: yeah absolutely okay so i'm gonna sidestep the topic of of heat pumps and you know whether we should use gas or heat for now
0: talk about anything like that and, um,
1: yeah but for now yeah. i want to i want to approach it a little bit differently if i think this might work but so we're going to apply construct a law to the built world, to, to homes and buildings and to architecture. And so the very first thing that comes up is this idea of shelter as a tool to support the flow of Homo sapiens on the globe. Um, could you talk about that briefly?
0: Sure. The uh, so-called built environment is um, the latest... Um, Uh, manifestation of uh, a feature of animal design that's been around forever. It's called niche construction. Hmm. Uh, Our colleagues in biology uh, these days uh, have uh, developed this uh, vision of uh, animal uh, design into, uh, frankly, the latest and uh, most promising uh, uh, version of their own science, Niche, construction. Niche, the word is French, means the depression that the uh, uh, the sculptor builds into a wall in order to place uh, his or her sculpture there for protection. Uh, you see these uh, niches in, uh, in the best museums. And, uh, okay, so every animal, uh, in fact, now that you recognize the uh, terminology and what it means, every animal is... Uh, uh, not living by itself the uh, animal uh, has a den or uh, a family or uh, a uh, beaten path which uh, is his a uh, marked territory mm-hmm. and um, obviously a territory that um, that feeds the animal uh, and so animal life uh, uh, it involves significant uh, warfare, you know, for uh, meaning animals fighting over uh, niches, and uh, so the Homo sapiens has had this uh, aspect of behavior uh, itself from the beginning, because obviously Homo, Homo sapiens is a uh, one of the most recent uh, animal species to uh, to invade the, the globe, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the built environment is the latest uh, version of this attitude of uh, okay building the hut uh, heating the hut with fire and then um, insulating the hut for uh, for uh, a better hut in winter now that the homo sapiens had migrated north and uh, and so today with uh, with uh, power from fire but also heating from fire the uh, the the science of uh, the built environment is uh, frankly the uh, the pillar of this uh, civilization that we uh, we enjoy yeah, absolutely. Uh, i call i call it engineering uh, i also have a 2 minute video called uh, without engineering civilization does not exist now <laughs> in, uh, civilization is uh, is these very few things the uh, the built environment the movement the movement uh, because of power from fire as opposed to power from uh, animals and slaves this is the uh, the the why uh, you and I are very lucky to be living on earth uh, during this era so yes so the built environment is uh, the city the um, the building the uh, all these uh, Features of design that uh, you call it architecture, I also uh, like that word because uh, of its uh, literal meaning, uh, because during the time of the ancient Greeks, the buildings uh, were made out of wood, and uh, uh, you know how it is with wood, I don't know if you uh, realize, unlike uh, working in metal, once you cut uh, the wooden plank, if you cut it wrong, uh, you cannot... um, Put the two pieces together and uh, cut correctly in another place. Right. Uh, you weld, you cannot weld the uh, wrongly cut uh, uh, wood pieces uh, together. And that is why in uh, in the old days, or from the beginning, uh, the uh, person um, who did the cutting was the uh, the builder in um, in charge. So uh, the name for the supreme cutter is architect. Huh. Uh, Archeism means supreme, and the uh, uh, tech, like from, uh, you know, uh, the academy or tectonics. Anyway, the point is the, uh, the second part. So the history of uh, architecture hmm. speaks of, uh, of drawing, one more time, drawings with purpose. In this case, the, the purpose was to, uh, to construct a, uh, a living space. Uh, be that a home or a, uh, a temple or a church uh, later on. And, uh, but in this space, uh, by the way, the flows that happen are uh, extremely numerous and complex. Uh, there's the flow of heat from uh, the, the heat source through the building, I mean, through the living space and out into the environment, because every, every building is, in fact, uh, leaking heat. That is why the building needs heating, you see. Um, That's one thing. And then there's uh, the water flows, the the sewage, the uh, electricity that powers everything that moves inside the house, including uh, the uh, keys of your keyboard. All these things are, uh, in fact, uh, flows inside the living space. And the biggest of them all is the uh, flow or the movement of the human bodies. Yeah, <laughs> you and mm-hmm. everybody else and your relatives are um, are uh, milling around, uh, driven of course by power from uh, food and uh, and other sources. And um, so uh, the living space is a very complicated movie.
1: Oh my gosh! Yeah, I, I hear it, and I you know the flow of goods and services of food, furnishings, all the different fuels, electricity, gas, the clean water in. Yeah, the information Good. flow, and then we flow out, and we flow into our societal networks and
0: geopolitical networks. Yeah, so the uh, the the uh, the next uh, size up version of the uh, of the building is the uh, the street, the neighborhood, mm-hmm. and then even bigger is the uh, the uh, quarter of the city, and finally the city itself. And then, if you want to board the audience, you can talk about the county and the country and the continent, and then. Uh, the uh, North Atlantic. <laughs> how is that? What about the floor plan itself? Even that's a that's a flow
1: structure. What? The, what? the floor plan, like the this room connects to that room, and there's a hallway.
0: Oh sure, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, by the way, this is a great uh, great example. This is how to uh, to teach uh, beginners uh, what uh, the um, the built environment really is. The, the floor plan. The floor plan uh, happens not by chance. The floor plan, the fact that uh, to one corridor you attach a relatively finite number of uh, rooms—a small number, but obviously a number greater than one—and <laughs> um, then uh, to one elevator shaft you attach um, uh, several floors, uh, not many, but definitely uh, a number greater than right. one, uh, and so and so on. Even buildings with uh, with more um, than one. Uh, uh, elevator have uh, the same uh, kind of uh, more complex, but the same uh, kind of design. Uh, the volume is greater, but uh, it is served by um, by a relatively small number of uh, big things, such as uh, elevator shafts. It's just like the uh, the human lung. The human lung is this big building with uh, just one trachea and only two bronchies, and then um, if you want... Uh, to split hairs then you can see uh, more uh, numerous things as they get smaller in other words we arrive right now at the concept of hierarchy yeah. which is a single word like architecture or like uh, configuration that uh, speaks of everything that uh, the human uh, eyes are uh, used to detect yeah well let's let's stay
1: with the uh, human eyes for a minute because one of the ideas that really i didn't expect to find in the book was this idea of the the golden ratio, the, the golden section, the golden mean, but the idea of that as a flow structure. Um, could you could you discuss Correct. that a little bit? How does that arise from constructal law?
0: I I'm not sure you you are curious to know about how I got into oh, it. Oh, hey, I very much, yeah. uh, About 15 years ago, I was, yes, I was about to give a uh, big uh, speech at the um, annual uh, Congress of ASHRAE, you know, the Society of oh, ASHRAE. Yes. Yeah, this was in Chicago. And I uh, talked about the uh, constructed origin of the city, the city uh, flow, uh, the uh, this. Uh, it's a uh, collaboration of uh, few large and many small, uh, many alleys uh, and streets, few avenues, and even fewer uh, mm-hmm. buildways and uh, highways and uh, big things. Mm-hmm. And uh, the chief example in my, uh, all my speeches are illustrated with almost zero equations. I was sh- showing them images, and one of them was, as an example of the city block, the image of uh, the plan of the Atlanta airport, which is uh, which is uh, rectangular and it has uh, two directions uh, of movement. Uh, the long and fast is uh, along the uh, the train right. and the short and slow is perpendicular to the train along those uh, concourses. Now I think they've got six of them, not uh, hmm. five.
1: Reminds me of a leaf somehow.
0: A leaf, yeah. Correct. And uh, some other things were how my laptop is cooled or yeah. some... Uh, I'm sure the sewage under uh, any particular street is that way. Now, (laughs) so I gave my speech, and um, a big, big event. They had the microphones lined up uh, on the two aisles. Uh, There were about 1,000 listeners, I mean, uh, spectators. So these people were waiting behind microphones. The first one, the first one had seen this uh, rectangle of the Atlanta airport, obviously, and asked me, whether I uh, have any idea about uh, the uh, golden ratio? Can you uh, predict that? And I said, "Well, uh, no, I haven't thought of it." And then there are many other questions. The discussions had to be cut off because they took on, they took forever. <laughs> yeah, and the MC told everybody to go home. And I said, "Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Stop! I just figured out uh, this golden ratio thing." And the golden ratio is the following. The um, okay, in the Landa airport, all these people on their feet, walking, or on their bottoms, uh, sitting on the train, are in fact scanning a rectangular surface. the uh, The two human eyes, the hum, the two human eyes, are uh, of course transmitting an image uh, from the page uh, to the brain. How? By scanning. Scanning happens of that page in two ways. Uh, it, it happens uh, long and fast horizontally because you see the uh, two human eyes are aligned on the horizontal. Uh, why? Because the world is flat, and uh, and. Uh, scanning vertically happens uh, on a shorter distance because the scanning vertically is done by one eye not by two in tandem and so the, the visual scanning of an image is uh, physically the same as the movement of individual pedestrians on uh, on a rectangle of the airport or uh, the city block and uh, the immediate uh, question which I knew the answer to that question was, uh, how should you shape the rectangle so that it is scanned the fastest? The answer is you shape the rectangle so that its horizontal length divided by the vertical dimension as you see it is a ratio comparable with 3 divided by 2. Now, 3 divided by 2 is predictable from this uh, tendency of uh, all designs, in this case, to do a scanning for greater access. In this case, the access is uh, not only of uh, the so-called information from the eyes to the brain, it is really uh, the uh, facilitating of access for the movement of the uh, animal that perceives this image. I'm talking about the cat, the dog, the uh, antelope, uh, meaning two-eyed animal, the fish, that has to perceive uh, its environment to get out of uh, the the path of danger the fastest. So the so-called golden ratio, which incidentally is uh, does not exist in nature uh, is a uh, is a way of uh, recognizing the uh, the very very common presence of this kind of shape that uh, those who are in the business of um, uh, grasping the idea and uh, and uh, moving on uh, tend to prefer yeah. uh, the, the shape of the cinema screen, the computer screen, the uh, train ticket, the uh, baseball ticket. The credit card, uh, the uh, whatever, everything is. uh, Oh, I have much better. The shape of the paragraph on the page is. uh, Oh yeah, and um, and also you walk into any uh, art gallery and uh, you'll see hanging on the walls uh, these things that are shaped just like uh, your credit card, and the the reason is that the people who are getting, meaning people are like you they are um, uh, unwittingly unwittingly uh, making choices that, um, that facilitate or improve their lives. And again, unwittingly, they uh, associate these, uh, these automatic choices with a feeling of being attracted to beauty. Mm-hmm. And here's another big uh, aha, which is that beauty uh, has a physics basis.
1: Yeah, I think people are going to flip out when they hear that, but I love it, yeah.
0: Well, they shouldn't flip out. They, they should they should first buy my book and then flip out after that. Uh, yeah, there you go. We'll yeah. make
1: sure there's a link to the book in our show notes. <laughs>
0: Before
1: flipping out, buy the book. But yeah, I'm realizing as I'm doing the interview here that this is just so profound for me because I do have a lot of these ideas well-installed, and I, and I wonder what it's like to hear it for the first time.
0: Well, uh, let me add a, an asterisk uh, uh, to this, which is um, uh, about the golden ratio. Please. Uh, obviously, golden ratio. We got this, this name. Uh, this happened during the Renaissance because uh, uh, the shape was uh, preferred, therefore it was valuable valuable. But at the same time, of course, there was no explanation for why people went for it, um, especially artists. Uh, But at the same time, the fact that uh, people went for it um, naturally and without thinking was uh, attributed, uh, for lack of a better explanation, to to God. So it was also called Divine Proportion. And this to me is extremely important because it speaks of, uh, of the uh, role that uh, the early role that religion had in the shaping of science.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Religion was, uh, happened, happened much earlier than science, but it happened out of the same urge of, uh, of the Homo sapiens, the urge to understand uh, his environment uh, better, more easily, for uh, personal benefit. And um, to improve life. And uh, when science emerged um, during the golden era of Greece, uh, 2,500 years ago, then science uh, came on as an add-on to what was already already existing. So now you and I are talking about the golden ratio uh, on top of uh, its uh, older name, which was the divine proportion. Nobody is getting mad uh, everybody who is interested in the subject appreciates it even better. You see, yeah, that's the way it is with uh, with these things that empower human life. Some of them are older, uh, and others are newer. But uh, the newer comes in an a- as an add on. The if useful, the older is uh, not eliminated. What mm-hmm. what works is kept. Yeah, this. Uh, Tiny statement, what works is kept, kept, is another way to speak the word evolution.
1: Yeah, so that ties into place I wanted to take it. The next thing I wanted to talk about was this add-on to human species now, where the man-machine interface as a flow system, uh, I see it everywhere. And I, I don't just mean the internet coming in through my computer into my eyes, but Things like the Fitbit and, um, you know, even pacemakers and, you know, heart valves. So do you see the future of Homo sapiens as necessarily connecting with machines to increase flow? I shouldn't say necessarily. That's not the right context.
0: Yeah, talk to me about the human and machine species. Yes, uh, that's right. And I'll begin with uh, suggesting uh, a change in uh, the way that you speak. You, you talked about the uh, man machine interface being everywhere. Uh, I would, uh, first of all, interface I would replace with oneness. Man and, man and machine are one. And mm-hmm. then they've been one uh, from uh, from the beginning, um, even before uh, the uh, harnessing of fire. Uh, how do I know that? I know that because I, again, coming from. Uh, a different language, I know the origin of the words. Uh, machine doesn't mean automobile or uh, uh, Internet or artificial intelligence. The word machine, for that matter mechanics and machination and uh, these other things that start the same way, uh, come from the uh, ancient Greek word mihani. Mihani means contrivance. It means an add-on, it means an add-on or artifact, something that uh, gets attached, obviously, by uh, an individual, gets uh, adopted uh, or taken, attached to to himself or herself, uh, in order to enhance the effect of naked human effort. Uh, this is the definition from, um, from the dictionary of what machine really means. Therefore, the shirt, the uh, shoe, the, uh, of course the crayon, and uh, these other were the, uh, the stylus with which you scratch the slate. These were uh, things that uh, were adopted early um, in order to empower the individual and this means, of course, fire is the big, uh, the big add-on uh, that I mentioned uh, previously, or right. the bone. So that's a, that's a
1: machine of sorts.
0: Correct. Everything that's uh, in addition to the uh, naked human body is, uh, and with a human body uh, is uh, who you and I are today. In other words, um, if you open an anatomy book, or if you go to the hospital and you see uh, a uh, chart or a poster with a human body, which is naked, naked. Uh, you should recognize immediately that you've never seen such a thing unless you spent your time at the morgue. The live uh, Homo sapiens is in fact uh, not only wearing stuff, including uh, uh, shoes, but also is equipped with everything from briefcase to uh, the things you like to mention, of course riding in a car or on an airplane. And um, so uh, this more complicated The Homo sapiens is the uh, specimen of the human and machine species. What is important about this um, a new view of who we are is that the, uh, every specimen of the uh, human and machine species is evolving as I speak to you. Uh, In other words, we don't have to wait for the uh, lung to evolve because that would take forever, according to biology correctly. No, the other part, the machine part, is evolving from uh, day to day or from hour to hour. It actually evolves from minute to minute because what we learn... uh, uh, as news uh, by uh, you know, looking on the web is uh, yet another uh, uh, layer of uh, machine that's added to us. Uh, you call a communication or information or these other liberating things, uh, uh, tricks that allow us to know better what to do uh, the next minute.
1: Right.
0: You see, like checking the weather. Okay, <laughs> and uh, so uh, so the machine part evolves uh, um, almost instantly, and that makes the human and machine specimen, uh, uh, an evolutionary design every second or every minute, and that makes uh, all of a sudden, all of a sudden makes the phenomenon of the evolution uh, uh, something that's observable, which is the opposite of a mystery or of a, of a divisive topic, uh, which of course it is if the discussion is, uh, is uh, allowed to fester forever in biology.
1: okay so thank you for correcting me and it's just so profound I mean I this is just the most exciting podcast uh, I think I've had in a while so sort of Well, the- invite,
0: me back. invite me back next time okay
1: oh, I I, yeah I think we do need to get to some of the concluding ideas here and I'll start with the, the easier one so right now positive energy as a company recognizes that information flow is actually the chief constraint to uh, building better buildings, um, that the technologies exist. And so it's interesting that when I came across your ideas that they're very physics-based and I never really thought of information flow as something that was based in physics. Um, but my question is this. So there, there is a, a cable TV channel that I don't have, but I, I do get to see it every now and then called HGTV. Maybe it's home and garden TV or something. It's spreading, distorting disinformation, you know, maybe not on purpose. But, you know, fundamentally it treats the built environment as though it's mainly an economic visual spatial situation, which is fundamentally incorrect. So what I'm getting at is, is the freely morphing hierarchy, is it impeded by misinformation or or incorrect information? Or can it somehow survive in in light of quote-unquote fake news
0: well um i'm very concerned about fake news um, there's a lot of that going on in science it's called uh, uh, false science or fake publishing or uh, all sorts of uh, negative uh, aspects uh, the reason for that is that uh, science this is my domain is uh, now uh, overpopulated with all sorts of uh, pretenders yeah. uh, meaning uh, people who uh, commit, who report things however the audience has no access to uh, their lab or even to their credentials in other words i'm feeling your pain okay yeah
1: yeah there's a book called the merchants of doubt which is really a powerful exposition yeah. of that but yeah you're feeling yeah. my pain so can you unmake me feel my pain
0: <laughs> I am an optimist even in this particular uh, um, channel of discussion the, um, the metaphor that um, in my opinion captures all these things that come up in, uh, our, in such a discussion is uh, that of the uh, river basin or the river delta okay. when uh, the uh, flow becomes overwhelming it uh, carries down a stream all sorts of debris uh, some of it some of it ends up blocking a channel or maybe blocking three channels. Mm-hmm. Given time, given time um, the, uh, the whole, I'm talking about the whole, you call it the, arch- the um, hierarchy, the whole architecture, which in the case of a river basin is a hierarchy, um, naturally eliminates or purges itself, you see, of the fallen trees and, uh, and silt and all these other things. Or of the bad ideas. Yeah. A great example of the bad idea was uh, the, the levees at uh, New Orleans uh, strangling the Mississippi when the big when the big waters uh, happened. The uh, and of course the levees were not uh, well uh, maintained. Then uh, the whole uh, third of the uh, United States oh, actually yeah. <laughs> got rid of the obstacle and. Um, now, in uh, okay, uh, very quickly in uh, in science, uh, fake science or in in newsmaking, uh, fake news is a relatively um, a new phenomenon that um, is, in fact, uh, calling for for the big uh, river to, um, to, to 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 clean the whole basin up. Yeah. I'm I guarantee. I guarantee that uh, this will happen because uh, things that are toxic in the floor system have no future except uh, to be eliminated yeah. and neutralized, neutralized. So uh, there are novelties now, uh, as uh, toxic gas warfare in World uh, oh, War I, right. mm-hmm. yeah, c- uh, chemical uh, weapons, uh, novelties, but then uh, relatively soon uh, the world uh, discovered that it knew better. Same with the atomic bomb yeah. and some other things. Uh, that um, you see, the Homo sapiens is not alone. Uh, obviously, it has the uh, the machine part, but uh, much earlier it had the uh, the family and the and the group, the tribe, uh, and of course later language and uh, people and country. And uh, because of this uh, uh, social organization, as another as another uh, big big uh, uh, contrivance, uh, empowering the human, because of the social organization, the uh, society, has its own interest in uh, in surviving, in uh, living more easily, in uh, living safely, and in peace, and uh, living uh, more more freely. This this is the it's society that's the big uh, basin that uh, periodically comes up again naturally, uh, not because somebody says so, but naturally with uh, self correcting uh, features of design.
1: Beautiful and and once again, uncannily, you've led me to my last topic here because. One of the quotes from your book that just stopped me in my tracks was this one. It's You wrote, biological life evolves to make the whole earth flow more easily. And uh, sure. you don't really have to explore that, but there's this concept that's very present in the construction industry and the architecture industry, and it's called sustainability. And, you know, basically sustainability being future generations will have similar access to... Um, Flows of resources as ours. And I wonder about psychology, human psychology, because we can ignore that. And I guess fundamentally, can this freely morphing flow system be thwarted? <laughs> by human psychology and actually lead to a dead end. Um, and I guess dead end for the human species more than the planet.
0: Well, uh, I don't know about the- a big uh, question. The, <laughs> the, the, dead, no, the dead end of the human species because uh, part, of, uh, part of nature is uh, the uh, very obvious fact that the uh, species uh, do have a finite life. Mm-hmm. Species uh, born uh, every day and uh, species that be- go extinct every yeah. day. So I don't know uh, what's in in that respect. What's so uh, special? Yeah, about yeah, it's it. interesting. Yes, I'm interested uh, now to uh, to play uh, the role of the uh, uh, egoist. Um, I'm interested in this uh, human and machine species not expiring during my lifetime. Okay. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> and I think. I think that if you uh, if you question uh, inter, interviewees who uh, tend to be honest every once in a while, they may respond the same way. Okay, okay. Uh, that's a concern with the uh, sustainability. Is uh, in fact every uh, concern you hear from the mouths of politicians uh, is an expression of um, of uh, self interest. Yeah. That's that's uh, the way I see things. Uh, now you uh, you began with uh, the. With my statement, which is biological, uh, life evolves uh, to make the uh, the whole Earth uh, flow more easily. Right. That, uh, this is the fact. In fact, the geological ages uh, document one uh, biological revolution after another, which led truly to the uh, turning over of the Earth's crust. You can uh, look at the sediments, uh, and you see there... Uh, uh, worlds and worlds of uh, of uh, living worlds uh, that came one after the other or one on top of the other uh, and uh, more recently uh, so every every such change this time all about uh, uh, the living meaning biological has uh, added to the to the previous um, so after uh, the biosphere <clears throat> were inside of it. More recently came, uh, I meaning on top of biological life came agricultural life, which had uh, even more the effect that you mentioned. It uh, it got the earth to flow more easily, yeah. or to get to mix itself more easily. After agricultural life came technological life, or uh, this, uh, you know. Uh, Power from fire, uh, kind of uh, a movement of uh, all of us, and uh, so life, life is like. Uh, meaning the biosphere is like uh, an onion with many, uh, many skins, uh, and so the the new uh, skin is added on top of the previous ones, and where the new shell is. Um, in fact, not on top, but embedded in the previous uh, shells, and uh, altogether, the new contributes to to uh, moving and mixing the uh, the Earth sphere uh, more more and more more effectively more uh, you know deeply i also mentioned uh, with a greater staying mm-hmm. power all these things uh, going back to thermodynamics all these things being driven by uh, heating from the sun and uh, cooling uh, by the cold uh, sky of yeah. the universe
1: one of the things i picked up that i didn't expect was uh, the precision with which you speak and specifically the the power of understanding the meanings of words and the origins of words uh, i guess that's etymology.
0: it's worth uh, it's worth reminding uh, yourself and also your audience um, about this about the fact that words have meaning i am finding uh, the importance of this the hard way or the sad way uh, in science unfortunately there's a lot of um, misspeaking or a lot of name dropping so much that i uh, i find the uh, This situation is a great uh, writing material, not only for scientific papers but for telling jokes. Yeah. Would you mind
1: one more minute? What What is the proper definition of entropy?
0: Well, uh, first of all, there are are a huge number of entropies because people have uh, dropped this uh, all over in all sorts of buckets during uh, the past 150 years. The uh, the word entropy I uh, will uh, not give you the, it's just a mathematical formula. Uh, is one word for a, that associated with the phenomenon of irreversibility. There is a phenomenon or a uh, a distinct uh, universal tendency in nature, and one in this case the nature of a thing by itself flowing only from high to low. This one-way flow tendency is called irreversibility. Uh, Water under the bridge, uh, water over the dam, uh, or heat from hot to cold, okay? When um, you mentioned Maxwell and his predecessors had to express this piece of language about irreversibility, had to express it mathematically they had to write a formula, and to write that formula, they, uh, the piece of mathematics involves one letter called S, the name of which is yeah. entropy. So it's not necessary, incidentally, to uh, to remember physics as a statement, which is an observation of uh, observations of the same kind that o- occur in the billions. In this case, the observation that uh, anything by itself uh, falls flows from high to low. It flows one way. It flows irreversibly. There's nothing more to, to this. By the way, this is called the second law of right. thermodynamics. There's nothing more to it than the words that I spoke. But if you prefer to, to speak mathematics as opposed to English, then you use this formula with the letter S, and that's also the end of uh, the confusion. Except that um, as soon as thermodynamics was born, uh, as is usually the case in science, there is an army of skeptics who had the uh, urge to uh, say it better, or to question it, or to poo-poo mm-hmm. it. And during that uh, long-running uh, movie, which continues to today, <laughs> people people were trying to prove uh, that the second law can be defeated along this path. Uh, Various attempts have uh, come along and uh, all successful or interesting, uh, not in demolishing uh, the second law, but in adding to it. And the names for these things are uh, uh, statistical uh, mechanics or uh, the so-called thermodynamics of information and uh, disorder and some other things of this kind. And uh, along the way, in order to make these new uh, chapters of uh, the book of science uh, uh, more compact, the mathematics was invented. And this word entropy was then affixed to new new mathematical quantities uh, in the belief uh, or suggesting that somehow these things, uh, the new things, are related to the original one. But they are actually not the same as the original one. And even uh, more important is the unfortunate aspect of the cacophony that was created and uh, also the ignorance that was uh, generated in the classrooms. Because today, if you ask uh, the educated uh, uh, what uh what entropy is they give you the uh, most recent uh, version of the uh, so-called concept and uh, very few people know the original concept and also the uh, the usefulness of uh, of the concept which is in all the machines and all the power that mm-hmm. keeps you, you and adrian uh, talking right now but also living uh, safely and uh, prosperously and with uh, health and wealth uh tomorrow yeah
1: well so it's interesting it, it uh it ties back into, I guess, my concerns, where human psychology, the uh, ability of humans to mislead themselves and to let their egos distort uh, reality. I don't know that there's an easy answer there, but it's certainly a very interesting uh, movie to watch.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's an easy answer. Give uh, the river basin enough time and it will... Uh, it will. Uh purge itself of uh, debris. Love it. That's a great place to end it. Count on that. Count on that. Yeah.
1: So thank you so much, Dr. Bijan. Thank you so much, Adrian. It's really been a pleasure. And uh, I always uh, like to give my guests the opportunity for uh, one last word. If you have any thoughts or comments, or you can just say goodbye. <laughs>
0: I'll uh, I'll say goodbye and thank you for inviting me to uh, participate in this uh, very, very inspiring conversation. Yeah,
1: my pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you all for listening.